everyone. Welcome to today's E&E training on how to share the gospel with Sikhs. Whether this is your first time watching the International Commission or have joined us in the past, we are so thankful that you're here. My name is Ali Carr. I serve as the Director of Special Projects at International Commission, and I am the host for all of ISC's equipping and enabling trainings. For those of you who are new to ISC, we are unashamedly an evangelical ministry whose mission is to equip and enable believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide by partnering with local churches and evangelism to share his gospel with unbelievers and make disciples. We send teams all around the world on short-term trips to partner with churches to go out and share the gospel, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. We do this in simple yet strategic ways using different gospel sharing tools, which have, over the past 50 years of our ministry, allowed those partnering with IC to reach millions of people around the world with the gospel. We also equip and enable indigenous churches all over the world to share the gospel in their own area without the assistance of a team coming, which cuts costs, eliminates language and cultural barriers, and allows more people to be reached throughout the year. The purpose of these E&E trainings is to equip and enable you to grow in confidence to share the gospel and make disciples with sensitivity to people who vary in beliefs, culture, and location. So thanks for joining us tonight as we focus on how to share the gospel with Sikhs. Now, if you're like many people, you have probably never heard of the Sikh religion before, and that's okay. If you've traveled a lot or live in a very diverse area that has lots of religious groups, it's likely that you've encountered someone who is a Sikh but didn't even know it. Those who follow the Sikh religion are often mistaken as Muslims because of their appearance or even Hindu, but Sikhism is really a distinct religion separate from Hinduism or Islam. Here are some quick facts about Sikhs in the United States, and then our presenter will go into more detail about what they believe and how we can reach them with the gospel in just a few moments. Sikhism is the world's fifth largest religion with 25 million adherents worldwide. Sikhs also characteristically cover their uncut hair with a turban, and 99% of the people that you see wear turbans in the United States are Sikhs from India. There are about 700,000 Sikhs in the United States today, and what they believe is in one God, equality, freedom of religion, and community service. I'm excited to introduce you to today's presenter. We have Jasveer Singh Bassi, who was born in Punjab, India, which is the northern state of India that borders Pakistan. And Jasveer was born into a nominal Sikh family. When he was five years old, his family immigrated to England, where he grew up, and then later moved to the United States. He was in the fashion business in London and in the food business in Los Angeles. Then he changed careers again and became a high school mathematics teacher. He has a bachelor's degree in computer science, a master's degree in educational administration, and has studied theology, philosophy, and Christian apologetics at various Christian institutions. In addition, he has been studying the theology and philosophy of Sikhism for over 35 years and is thus uniquely equipped to reach intellectual Sikhs. For the past three decades, Jasveer has spoken on Sikhism and Sikh evangelism at various conferences and was one of the main speakers at the first Global Sikh Consultation in Canada in 2019. His first book, Light of the Satguru, was published in February 2022, 
And it is a must read for anyone who is serious about Sikh outreach. It will equip you like nothing else out there. Currently, he's researching and writing for a series of books with the title Sikhism Cross-Examined. And the first book in the series will be called Sikhism Cross-Examined, The Nature of God. So welcome, Jazveer. Thank you so much for joining me to present on today's topic. I know you have a lot to share on Sikhism, where it originated, what they believe, and most importantly, how we can reach Sikhs effectively with the good news of Jesus. So go ahead and jump on in and train us on how to share the gospel with Sikhs. Yeah, my pleasure. How did Sikhism start? It started around... 1580 in the area called the Punjab. Here it is right here. Punjab was originally included Pakistan. And Guru Nanak started teaching Sikhism. At the time, the area was distinctly Hindu and Islamic due to the Mughal uh, Empire that was ruling the area. Now, who are the gurus? They are ten gurus in Sikhism. The guru is seen as an enlightened teacher, not a god. But there are many Sikhs who treat them as though they're divine and are god. Each guru would appoint his own successor. The last human guru was Guru Govind Singh. So the guru, this is Guru Nanak, the founder, and this is the last guru, uh, Guru Govind Singh. And the fifth guru, uh, which one is it? Would be Guru Arjan Dev. He compiled the Sikh scriptures known as the Guru Granth Sahib. So the Sikh scriptures are called the Guru Granth Sahib, and they treat it literally as a body, living body of the guru. Articles of Faith, they're known as the five K's because they all begin with uh, letter K in the Punjabi language. So the first one is Kesh, which means uncut hair, Kanga, which is a wooden cone, and Kara, which is a steel bracelet. Um, many of the Sikhs who do not wear a turban will wear a steel bracelet on their wrist, and that's to show that they're Sikhs. It's a symbol of Sikhism like the cross for Christians. Kirpan is the sword that they must carry, and the sword is for self-defense and to protect uh, the poor and the vulnerable. Kacha is a boxer shorts, Turban is mandatory for initiated seats. So you can see that in the picture, there's a turban, there's a bracelet, there is. Now, most Sikhs do not carry a full-size sword nowadays. They carry a, a small dagger worn around the waist. And there is a comb, the wooden comb, and there are the uh, boxer shorts or breeches. Let me ask you a question about the uncut hair. So are you telling us that Sikhs are forbidden by their, maybe by their scriptures or by their guru to never cut their hair? 
there's nothing in the Sikh scriptures, but it is uh, a tradition that for initiated Sikhs especially, they have to have all these. And most Sikhs who are not even initiated also have, have all five. Mm -hmm. And they are not allowed to cut hair anywhere on the body, including the women, uh, because they believe that is how God created you and you should not uh, interfere with uh, what God has created. Hmm. So, which uh, can be a problem because uh, we do all cut our nails. <laughs> you know, so... Um, so they don't believe that. in cutting their hair, but it's okay to cut their fingernails. Yes. <laughs> and And, okay, so if they believe that they should be how God created them to be. What about women wearing makeup? Because that would alter their physical appearance. Is that allowed? Yes. That is also, um, for very strict Sikhs, that is not allowed either. Not even, um, you know, trimming the eyebrows or anything. Wow. No okay. And strict Sikhs will not even uh, dye their hair. Or their beards. So you have all these rules, differing rules, and there's nothing really consistent. Mm. Okay. So the definition of a Sikh seems to be very fluid amongst the Sikhs. Mm. This is me at the age of two with my unshorn hair and wearing a kara. Now, you were born into, uh, you said, a nominal Sikh family. So did your father wear a turban? Did you start wearing a turban at any age? Tell us a little bit about your story and your experience with Sikhism growing up. Yes. Um, my father left India uh, in 1936. And when he got to England, because you could not get any jobs, unless you had your hair cut, he did cut his hair, but he did tell me that he cried, you know, after having cut his hair. He, he was a, mm -hmm. a Sikh is, uh, is never supposed to cut their hair. And even when the Muslims tried to convert them, um, they preferred that they cut their whole head off and, you know, cut their hair. So, um, and I never wore a turban, obviously, because I went to England when I was five and a half, and I had my hair cut very soon after I arrived. Mm. So these are the different styles, and, and younger boys uh, will wear uh, this, uh, it's called a patka, that covers their hair in, in a bun. And as you can see, there's different styles. And here is a billionaire who owns 20 Rolls Royces, and they all he has a matching turban for each one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's because an Englishman um challenged him to you know get a rolls royce to match his turban and he got mm. 20. wow 
Okay, so Sikhism in a nutshell, very simply, is a blending of Hinduism and Islam and is perceived and projected as monotheistic, which means it's more in the Islamic camp. It rejects the Hindu caste system in theory, but in practice, it has a very strong hold among the Sikhs. Um, they also reject idol worship, which some Sikhs actually do go to the Hindu temples and even have pictures of the Hindu gods and goddesses at home, contrary to what Sikhism teaches. The five evils, this is one of the central teachings of Sikhism. It says it must be controlled. Calm is lust, Grod is anger, Lob is materialistic greed, and more is worldly attachment. Ahankar is ego and pride. And here we have a picture of the Guru Granth Sahib. It is a big volume, a big heavy book, and it's called the Guru Granth Sahib. The Sangat is a, 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 what the term used for the congregation. The Sangat is the community of Sikhs who meet and worship in the Gurdwara, which is the Sikh uh, temple, you can say. But uh, Gurdwara literally means the door to God or Guru. Gur is uh, a prefix which stands for Guru. And it comes with various other words like Gurmat, which means uh, the Guru's wisdom or teaching. Uh, so they meet in the Gurdwara in the presence of the Guru Granth Sahib, which they treat as a living person. In fact, uh, I believe uh, Indian law treats it as a person under the law. Uh, they sing hymns together, which is called Kirtan. They meditate on God's name, which is called Nam Japana, which really, Japana is repetition of the name of God. Uh, they listen to musicians singing hymns. Sikhs believe that the community is a vital part of their personal journey towards God. The importance of the community of the Sangat is very important. It helps Sikhs to develop spiritually. It brings Sikhs closer together as a community, showing the belief in the oneness of humanity. It brings opportunities of seva, which is a very central concept of selfless service. Helping others in the Sangat helps Sikhs to keep God in mind at all times. It helps Sikhs to learn about the history of Sikhism. Now, this is the main, it's not called the Gurdwara, it's called the Golden Temple. And it's in Amritsar, in the Punjab. It's uh, analogous to the Vatican for Christians or the Kaaba for Muslims. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's uh, overlaid with gold. And it's uh, in a pool of water. And you walk around it, and then you, this is the actual entrance. There's one entrance. It has four doors on each side, meaning it's open to everybody. 
and some say it means it's open to all the four castes of the Hinduism. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Sikh temple is really, the proper term is Gurdwara. It's not really a temple, it's called the Gurdwara, which means the gateway or gate to God or door to God. So when you go in the Gurdwara, this is the outside, this is one of the Gurdwaras, and this is what it's like inside. Men sit on one side, women sit on the other side. You must remove your shoes because you're entering uh, the presence of God. You must cover your head. All are welcome, and after the service, there is a free uh, but it, uh, kitchen or langar, a meal is served at every Gurdwara and it's prepared by volunteers. Mm -hmm. And here is a picture of uh, langar being served. You have to sit on the floor. Um, there are tables available nowadays, a few tables for the elderly. And in the Gurdwara, everybody sits on the floor, but there are benches now being you have been built at some gurdwaras uh, for the elderly. How common is it to find a gurdwara in the United States? Um, in the major cities, you, you will find a gurdwara or many gurdwaras. Um, there are many gurdwaras in Los Angeles, in New York, Sacramento, um, San Francisco here in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, Dallas, Houston, all the big cities. Okay. Yeah. Values and practices. There are three golden rules of Sikhism. First one is Nam Japna, which means to remember God constantly. Kirit uh, Karo. Kirit refers to work. Karo to do, to earn an honest livelihood is, is the meaning of the term. Vandashako, which means to share your earnings, food, etc., with others. Mm -hmm. So those are the three main concepts. Do they believe in proselytizing at any in any way? <laughs> that is a very, very sensitive topic at the moment because um, there is a lot of conversions going on in the Punjab where Sikhs are converting to Christianity. And it is a very hot topic at the moment. Um, Sikhs apparently want to think that there is no proselytism in Sikhism. People come to Sikhism of their own accord. Mm -hmm. But in reality, the gurus were actively proselytizing, and most of the first converts were Hindus. Mm. Um, so it's a debatable topic, but history and the facts show there were conversions into Sikhism and active proselytizing by the Gurus and their uh, and and Sikhs. Mm. Otherwise, you know. How, how, how did it start? You know, you had to convert from somebody, you know, mm -hmm. even there were some Muslims who converted. Mm. Would you say it's a growing religion? 
No, it, okay. actu it, it is actually, in a sense, because it's overtaken uh, Judaism mm -hmm. as, uh, as a, uh, the fifth religion, fifth biggest religion in the world. Mm -hmm. um, now, these five evils are very central teaching uh, of Sikhism. First one is calm, lust, fraud, which is anger, love, materialistic greed, more worldly attachment, and angar, which is ego and pride. The householder life was a big turning point in, in the thinking of the Sikhs, because prior to that, Hinduism taught you must give up the world and asceticism and renunciation was one of the core beliefs of the Hindu Hindus. So they rejected that. Uh, the Sikh Guru said that the householder, the married life with the family is, is to be preferred. Casteism is theoretically rejected, but very, very much active in, in the Sikh community. Um, which is why a lot of the lower caste Sikhs have converted to Christianity where they get equality and, and, and there are many reasons why there are conversions. Mm -hmm. But Sikhs like to think that these Sikhs convert because of monetary incentives and other, uh, which they say are uh, unethical means but uh, most believers will tell you that they have not been coerced. It is a free choice. Is it common for Westerners to adhere to the Sikh religion or is it mostly in the East or in India specifically? Yeah, only in the US mainly was there a concerted effort to convert the uh, white Americans by uh, a man named Harpajan Singh Yogi and it's mainly centered in Los Angeles and uh, the headquarters now are in New Mexico but I believe that is a, a, a dwindling uh, sect and in fact most Sikhs would call it a cult of Sikhism mm -hmm. and not true Sikhism okay so society and the caste system, which is the Hindu caste system, had the Brahmins, the priests at the top, then the Kshatriyas, who were the warriors, and then the Vashyas, which was the third, uh, and they were mostly like farmers, merchants, and craftsmen. And the Sudras were the low, low caste, the servants, the laborers, uh, the lower castes. And the lowest of the low were called the untouchables. Um, the reason they're called untouchables because you would get polluted if you touch them. Or even if their shadow went over you, you were polluted and had to uh, say the prayers. This is according to Hindu, uh, Hinduism uh, for your purification. All the Sikhs were from the Kshatriya caste, the, the second caste. 
And for this reason, the main enemies of the Sikhs in the early stages were not the Muslims. Uh, they were the Brahmins because they, they were usurping the Brahmins' uh, role as uh, priests and as uh, teachers of uh, uh, liberation and uh, the, the Sikh scriptures also challenged their scriptures because the Brahmins said the Vedas came directly from God and yet you had the Sikh gurus who had compiled their own uh, Sikh scriptures. They said that all humans are equal and rejected the caste system. They also rejected the authority of the Brahmins and the Vedas for the reasons I just mentioned. All right, so um, daily individual devotion for a Sikh means getting up early at 4 a.m., which is called the Ambrosial Hour or Amrit Vela in, in Punjabi. They must take a bath before they stay, say their prayers. They recite the early morning prayers and then they recite the evening prayers. Mm. And generally, most Sikhs gather for corporate worship uh, on a Sunday in the Gurdwara also. Now, Sikh holy days, they, part they do participate in the Hin Hindu holy festival and Diwali, the festival lights. Um, they celebrate the martyrdom of Guru Arjan Dev and also the birthday of Guru Nanak and Guru Arjan. Now, we come to the beliefs of Sikhism. Sikhs do not believe in Avtarvada, that God takes human birth. They do not believe in incarnations, which is immediately a stumbling block as far as Christianity is concerned. Uh, it does not attach any value to gods and goddesses and other deities of the Hindus. Uh, the Sikh religion rejects all rituals and routine practices like fastings and pilgrimages, omens, austerities. Um, the goal of human life is, like Hinduism, to merge with God and is accomplished by following the teachings of the Guru, by meditation on the holy name and performance of acts of service and charity. Now, merging in God really does present a problem because that immediately goes against the alleged belief of monotheism of Sikhs because this is more a pantheistic belief that you merge back into God. It does... Okay, I think I got this twice, didn't I? All right, Sikhism emphasizes Bhakti Marg, which is the path of devotion. It does, however, recognize the limited value of Gyan Marg, path of knowledge, and Karam Marg, path of action. These are the paths of actually Hinduism, devotion, knowledge, and action or works. 
It also lays stress on the need for earning God's grace in order to reach the spiritual goal. So right here, there seems to be a, a contradiction because grace is no longer grace if it's earned because mm -hmm. grace should be a free gift. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting that they reject rituals um, of other religions like fasting, but yet they have a ritual of saying, of getting up at a certain time and saying a morning prayer and an evening prayer. Like they don't reject that routine practice. Don't you find that ironic? <laughs> yes, yes. In fact, they have their own rituals. Hmm. <laughs> the gurus believed that this life has a purpose and a goal. It offers an opportunity for self and God realization. God realization really means merging into God, like New Age. Moreover, man is responsible for his own actions. He cannot claim immunity from the results of his actions. He must therefore be very vigilant in what he does. And yet there are other verses in their scriptures that say there is no freedom of actions and everything is predetermined uh, via karma. So, which brings us to reincarnation, which is another belief that really originates in Hinduism, mm -hmm. uh, that you will live again and again until they are freed from this cycle. And this is a verse from their uh, scriptures, by the karma of past actions, the robe of this physical body is obtained. In other words, this particular life you're going to be living is due to past actions. But by his grace, the gate of liberation is found. So the, there is a very central concept in Sikhism of grace. The word is Gurpashad, and it occurs thousands of times, uh, I believe, on every single page of the Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, the grace of God is invoked. So that's a very central concept. The afterlife seeks believe in reincarnation until the karma is resolved and and they have merged with God. After death, Sikhs are cremated and their ashes are spread over a river or in the sea. And this is also another really uh, uh, custom that originates in Hinduism. Mm. Uh, mourners then go to the Gurdwara to offer prayers for the deceased. The goal of Sikhism is to have good karma, or good contact, conduct, to break the cycle of reincarnation. Uh, moksha is the term for salvation. To become one with Satnam, or the true name, or God. How to break the cycle of reincarnation? You do charity, service, seva, meditation. The role of the Guru. Sikhs believe that the Gurus were liberated souls. In other words, they... I don't know how to really explain this. Liberated. You're liberated when you're merged into God. So, I guess they come back from God after merging into God, uh, since it says they were sent to earth by God. Their main role is as spiritual guides. 
but as the Sikhs became militant, and that was because when the Muslims uh, forced them to become uh, Muslims, and they resisted, and the fifth guru was martyred, that was when they became militant, and they assumed the role of mil military leaders. This military movement was for the defense of the defenseless and freedom to follow any faith. And that is one reason why one of the Ks is uh, Kirpan to carry the sword. The Teth Guru said that when all other means fail, it is right and just to take up the sword, which is uh, really like the just war theory of uh, Christianity. Now, we come to salvation, which a lot of Eastern religions term as liberation, because you're liber liberated from the cycles of rebirth. And the term is mukti or moksha. In Hinduism, only Brahmins can achieve salvation. In fact, only male Brahmins, women, cannot achieve salvation. Mm. They must be reborn as a man, as a Brahmin man. There are two kinds of Sikhs according to Sikh uh, scriptures and theology. Uh, they are Gurmukh and Manmukh. Literally, Gurmukh means, uh, Mukh means face, and Gur means Guru. So your face is towards Guru, or you are Guru-oriented, and you follow the Guru's teaching. Whereas Manmukh, Man means your inner self, or uh, Man really means your your spirit inner self and you are mok you are faced towards yourself you are self-oriented or yes yeah, self-oriented you might say so the gurmukh fights the five evils that we mentioned mm -hmm. this person will eventually achieve liberation he he says the daily prayers etc now, the Manmukh person does not follow the Guru's teaching. He is self-centered, self-oriented. He is materialistic and succumbs to the vices, the five evils. He only pays lip service to the Guru Granth Sahib. So, salvation. Sikhs do not believe in heaven and hell, although there are many verses that clearly speak of heaven and hell. Sikhs erroneously believe that these verses are metaphorical for the state of humans in this life, not an afterlife. The idea of salvation is the same as Hinduism to end the cycles of reincarnation and the soul to merge into God. Now, we come to uh, Sikhs in America. The earliest reference to Sikhs landing on the West Coast is April 1899. And navigating their way through legal and racial discrimination, their numbers reached 7,000 by 1920. The ban in immigration reduced the numbers to 1,500 by 1940. The community began to increase after 1946. 
1965. And presently, this is an older statistic. Uh, today, there are over 300 Gurdwaras, and there are probably a, a, a million Sikhs in the U.S. today. This is an mm. older stat. Um, Dilip Singh Sand was the first Asian congressman. There he is, meeting President Kennedy. There are Sikhs in the army. There are basketball players. There's a very famous uh, scientist who invented fiber optics. Uh, police officers, politicians, lawyers, farmers, doctors, pilot, truck drivers, filmmakers. Uh, and like already mentioned, uh, Sikhs are often mistaken for Muslim terrorists, as after 9-11, this gentleman, uh, Sodi, was uh, uh, killed in the 7-11, mistaken for a Muslim. There are challenges to Sikhs that Sikhs face in America. There are still, you know, hate crimes, school harassment, and workplace discrimination. Now, before we cover the differences between Christianity and Sikhism, um, most of the Sikhs are in the Punjab, about 20 million. And I believe America is number two, followed by Canada, mainly in uh, Surrey, Vancouver area, and also Brampton in the Toronto area, and also South Hall in uh, London, England. Uh, there are Sikhs all over the world from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Kenya, uh, the Middle East, you will find them everywhere, even South America, Argentina, etc. So, um, differences between Christianity and Sikhism. In the philosophy of science, according to the criteria of falsifiability, a theory is genuinely scientific only if it is possible in principle to establish that it is false. Unlike any other religion, only Christianity has a criterion for its falsification, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is one of the main differences between Christianity and every other religion, not just Sikhism. So the criteria of falsifiability is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 14 to 19. And if Christ be not risen, then, St. Paul says, is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. I won't go into the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. That would require... A whole hour. Um, 
practical evangelism for most people who have not heard of Sikhism and this is their first uh, introduction. Uh, I'm going to go over some practical aspects of evangelism. Initially, you should not quote Bible verses because they can't really relate. It's a totally different worldview. A Christian worldview starts at Genesis and ends in the book of Revelation, and it is a totally different worldview. Uh, instead, you should ask lots of questions. What does your religion teach about God? Tell me about your gurus. And you should learn the Sikh greeting, Sats Sri Akal, which means God is truth and eternal, which I think we can agree with. Um, friendship evangelism is, is the big key. Establish a relationship of love and trust one-on-one. -on -one. Love is the universal language, and it is the hallmark of Christianity. Most have family problems of one sort or another. They do not trust their own people, but will confide in a caring outsider. This is probably because it's uh, gossiping, too much gossiping, and if somebody's having a problem, they tend to keep it to themselves. They don't want everybody to know their business. Ask them if you can pray for them. They have ritualistic prayers and are touched when a Christian prays. Now, you should also share meaningful stories from the Bible like the creation and fall, uh, Nicodemus and the new birth, the prodigal son, and the day of judgment, that we are all going to be judged one day. And that is mentioned in the sweet six scriptures also. Bible book to start reading for somebody who is new to Christianity would be the Gospel of John, and if they don't read English, there is available the latest Punjabi version from the Canadian Bible Society. It's available as a little booklet. I mentioned prayer. Prayers that would impact them would be prayers for healing if they're sick, uh, for peace, for blessings. Um, some have uh, dreams or like nightmares or, or you could say they're being harassed by demons, etc. They appreciate prayers for alleviation of those things. All right, now come to some resources for practical evangelism. The first book would be Lions, Princesses and Gurus. Every Sikh's last name is Singh, which means the lion. Mm. And every Sikh woman, the last name is Kaur, which means princess. And of course, the gurus were the ten gurus of Sikhism. This is a book by Ram Gidumal and Margaret Wardell. And it's uh, Reaching Your Sikh Neighbors. Very practical information there. Now, this is... My book, The Light of the Satguru, Good News for Sikhs, there is nothing like it out there. 
Uh, it's about 250 pages. I interact with the actual Sikh scriptures to present the gospel. This is a must read for everybody. There's nothing out there like it. I interact critically with the Sikh scriptures and present the gospel. Uh, I also address issues like reincarnation. Uh, and I think this is probably, these two are the best resources. Mm. Like, like I said, a Sikh will not listen to Bible verses unless you can relate them to their own scriptures. This is what my book does. Another resource is Sri Guru Granth Sahib Discovered. This is like a concordance of references or quotations from the Sikh scriptures on various topics. Uh, this is an excellent resource. And then there's Guru Nanak and the Sikh religion for somebody who wants to go deeper. This is probably the best book out there on a systematic theology of Sikhism as well as uh, the life of Guru Nanak. And Sikhs and Sikhism is available online from SikhBookClub.com. This is four books in one. Guru Nanak and the Sikh Religion, which I just mentioned, Early Sikh Tradition, The Evolution of the Sikh Community, and Who is a Sikh? By, they're all by Hugh McLeod. Um, this is an excellent and it's free. You can download it free. Finally, I am launching a website, truthseekers.com. It's not up and running yet, but hopefully it will be fairly soon. This will be an excellent resource for uh, Seek Outreach. Mm -hmm. My ministry is called Truth Seekers. And Seekers is spelled S-I-K-H-E-R-S. What would you say are some of the biggest barriers to the gospel for Sikhs? What is it when they hear the good news of Jesus that would keep them from coming to him? The fact that Jesus is God and the incarnation mm -hmm. and to more uh, scientifically oriented or uh, many Sikhs also believe in evolution. Uh, would be the virgin birth. But the biggest barrier, I think, is the bondage to their own culture and pride in being a Sikh. Mm. Uh, and fear of what society will think if they become a Christian, because a Christian is considered the lowest of the low mm. uh, in India. Was pride one of the five evils that you mentioned? I know there was yeah. like lust, anger, grief. So that's yeah. very interesting. You said that pride is what really keeps them from coming to Christ, but yet that's one of the evils that they want to disregard in their faith. Absolutely. Yet in their daily prayers, they're encouraged to be humble. Mm. Wow. Um, and 
it's it's a bit like what Jesus said, you know, before you remove the speck from your brother's eye, remove the log from your own eye. Wow. So they would really have to practice authentic humility to come to Christ. <laughs> and we all know how hard it is to be humble. It is. And they do have reasons for their pride because they're very proud of the fact that they defeated the Mughals and created the Sikh Empire, which lasted 40 years before the British took over, and defeating the tyranny of the Muslims who were forcibly converting Hindus. Uh, that is something to be proud of, but truth is really in philosophical terms a property of propositions and you have to look at the propositional statements in the Guru Granth Sahib, what it teaches uh, versus what the Bible teaches. So mm -hmm. you do have to set aside your pride um, and the cultural identification, especially with the outward appearance, the turban, mm -hmm. the uncut hair, etc., um, is all is a very strong glue that bonds them to their culture. They believe they're being uh, deserting their culture uh, if they don't uh, stick to Sikhism. One final question I have is, do you have a story, an encouraging story that you can share with us of a Sikh who has come to Christ? Well, in the late 1800s and also in the early 1900s, there are two very famous Sikh converts. One was Sadhu Sundar Singh, who used to tear up Bibles. He went to a Christian school and would tear up the Bibles. He was from a very wealthy family. And Jesus appeared to him because he was going, he said, he prayed to God that, you know, whoever you are, either show yourself or I'm going to throw myself under the train. Uh, he was, I believe, about 17 or 18 at the time, and Jesus appeared to him. His family tried to poison him. Uh, he managed to get to a pastor, and uh, the poison did not uh, kill him. And he decided that he was going to preach the gospel where it had never been taken. And he actually went to Tibet and preached the gospel there. Um, his life story is available online. Uh, it's a movie called Journey to the Sky, a very interesting movie. Then there is also, in the early 1900s, Pakat Singh, who was also from a very wealthy family. He was one of the first Indians to go to the West to study engineering. After he did that in London, he went to Canada, um, where he met a Christian family, and he became a believer. He was also thrown out by his family, but he went on to make Hyderabad his headquarters and established thousands of churches in India. Um, he, 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 these are two examples of very famous uh, converts. Uh, 
and uh, currently uh, Nikki Haley, who is a, a, a Punjabi uh, and running for president, is also a Christian. Mm. Um, and of course, there's my story, which we didn't get to. Uh, that would require uh, uh, probably about 45 minutes. <laughs> well, give us just a nutshell version. Can you share your story in about three minutes, just the basic facts? We would love to hear it. Basically, God's hand was on my life right from, as the Bible says, before the foundation of the universe. God had chosen me, and as Acts 17 says, he has appointed places, geographical locations. I was blessed to be born in a Punjabi a Sikh family in the Punjab to experience the village life and to learn the Punjabi language, which helped me uh, later on in uh, reading the primary source of the Sikh scriptures, the Guru Granth Sahib, all the way to going to London at the age of five and a half, having all my education in England, um, and my belief originally was that eat, drink, uh, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Man is the measure. Uh, I was basically a practical atheist or agnostic. But the turning point was a dream. And uh, in that dream, I was stuck in a maze all day. Finally, I saw some light and I ran towards the exit. And when I got out, there was nothing out there except a big billboard with a sign that had three letters, USA. Uh, and I know that was no ordinary dream because most dreams are to do with people you know or events and places. You don't get stuck in a maze and then you get out and there's nothing there except something telling you to go to the USA. <laughs> so... And I know why God brought me here, because he wanted me trained under the world's best theologians, the world's best Christian philosophers and apologists. And uh, I have been doing that for over 35 years now, studying not only Christianity and Sikhism. Lord uh, has blessed me with a peace and a joy that I didn't know before and a absolutely certain grounding that I know that I know the truth, which no seek can ever claim, nor can they be certain of their salvation. We know that after we breathe our last, we will be with the Lord. And he has promised that. And we can count on it because the evidence is the resurrection of Jesus, which proves that he was God in the flesh, that he died for our sins. And we too will be raised to be with him. So that's a quick, very, very brief testimony. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for sharing your story. And, you know, everyone who shares their story of coming to Christ from another religion, they all have something in common. They say, I have never felt 
this much peace before or this much joy and God created us for himself. He created us to worship him. And if we're not worshiping him, we're worshiping something else that ultimately we know will, will not fulfill. And so yes. your story is just a, another addition, additional story to share that only God can give you true peace and joy. We can't find that in any other religion, worshiping any other God. So thanks for sharing your story. And thank you so much for sharing all the information about Sikhism, the history, their beliefs, what they look like, where they worship. Um, and as you said, it is a growing religion. There are Sikhs in the United States. And if people didn't know about Sikhism before, now they they have some things that they can kind of look out for to notice who might be a Sikh around them that they just didn't recognize before. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. If you would like to connect with International Commission more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel just below this video, and you can check out other trainings that we have done on how to share the gospel with Mormons or Muslims, Hindus, like we mentioned today. Um, if you're interested in going on a trip with us around the world someplace to partner with churches to share the gospel and make disciples in every corner of the earth, you can check that out on our website, internationalcommission.org. You can also connect with us over our social media pages. We're always sharing stories, opportunities to get involved, and just encouraging things of what God is doing around the world. So thanks again for your time, Jazveer, and for those of you who are watching. And to close this out, just say a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for everyone who is watching this training. Lord, I pray that they were inspired, encouraged, and, and equipped now to recognize Sikhs that are around them that they may not have ever recognized before. I pray that you would open our eyes to see those around us who are lost and that we would have compassion on them. Help us to remember everything that we learned. Thank you for our brother Jasveer and everything that you've done in his life to lead him up until this exact point in time to equip and enable us to share the gospel with Sikhs. I pray that you would bless his family and his ministry and that today would be the day of salvation of a Sikh somewhere around the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.